Hey, the Mid-Atlantic region is one of the prettiest in the country. And when people here want to enjoy the scenery, they do it on a TimberTech deck. TimberTech decks are stunning, sustainable decks backed by massive amounts of technology. And that means they perform better, last longer, and look more like real wood. Plus, they're backed by warranties of up to 50 years. The best in the industry. Better tech, better deck. So unfold the deck chair and enjoy the foliage. TimberTech. Go against the grain. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T.com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the show today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you very much for tuning in. And... I really appreciate all of you listeners and that you pass it on to other people and a lot of your um, insights and the comments on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and all these different things. So I appreciate you showing up and that this is helping. And so I wanted to talk today about one of these topics that I see oftentimes in my office and people come into my office and they say, I really screwed up. I really screwed up. And I say, okay, well, let's talk about how you really screwed up. What did you do? And so many times they can be moral failings. They can be um, relationship failures. They might be you let yourself down. It might be that you quit and you shouldn't have quit. You know, it might be that you hurt someone's feelings. Maybe you missed something, missed an important date. But, you know, all of us do. To one degree or another, we all mess up. We all screw up. We all make big blunders. Some of them are quite costly. Some of them can't be undone. And so one of the things that really helps me with this is when I recognized why God placed us in time. And he placed us in time to give us time. That's really important for us to understand that God knows that we need time. He doesn't need time. We need time. And I know that you understand, but it feels like if you're waiting for the cake to finish baking, if you're standing in line hoping that you're not going to stand there for another 20 minutes. What if you're at the bank? What if you're at a stoplight? You know what it's like to wait 
and to be trapped in time. And no matter how hard you try to speed something up or slow something down, it's still the same time. So he locked us in time for a reason. And the biggest reason for that is he wanted to give us time to change, to correct, to become what he truly intended for us to be. He knew that if we weren't given time, we wouldn't make it. It takes humans a while to learn. And sometimes we learn really well just cognitively. Sometimes we have to learn emotionally. Sometimes we have to learn physically. Sometimes we have to have a a physical thing happen to us in our life. But either way, we've all messed up. And if you've been like many of us who have really messed up, really screwed up, not just a little bit, but a lot, you know, I like it when I shock myself in a good way. I, when I think to myself, wow, I didn't think I could pull that off. Or that was, that, I, I think I did pretty well. But when it's not in a good way, I don't like shocking myself negatively. I don't like letting myself down. And typically, if I let myself down, I've also let down others. Which is very bothersome and very hurtful and very depressing. So I don't know always how to move forward or even if I want to, or if I can, or even if I'll be allowed to. Maybe I did the unforgivable. And I thought to myself, you know, I just, I want to die because of this. I can't live with it. How can I get over it? And this is what I want to talk about today. Let's talk about what to do when you let yourself down. When you actually shocked yourself. Now you're walking around shell-shocked. And there's nothing worse than shocking yourself in a negative way. It's wonderful when we shock ourselves in a good way. But how do we deal with a personal moral failure? To others, it's now conveniently in the past. And they can get over it much easier. That doesn't mean that it takes away whatever the failure was. But they are getting over it in a different way. And so this is why it's so, it's so difficult. See, I need to now contend with a failure that is now in the past and it cannot be undone. That's difficult. I would love to be able to undo and redo it. Unfortunately, whatever it may be, whatever it is, it's now in the past. And I can't go back and undo it. So how do I move forward? How do I forgive myself? How do I receive forgiveness from others? Because sometimes that's harder than anything, is to let others forgive us, as well as forgiving ourselves. Maybe we'll take the forgiveness that other people are willing to give us because they love us, but maybe we can't forgive ourselves. So how do I receive forgiveness from others or deal with the unwillingness, maybe, to be forgiven by others? Have you ever been in that situation where you did mess up, you're wanting to do everything you can to fix it, and the person that you're trying to fix it with just won't let you fix it? That's a difficult one. That sets you up to have to forgive them. And so this gets very complicated. And so I want you to think about this idea of guilt and shame. Now, see, guilt tells me I did a bad thing. Shame 
tells me I'm a bad person. So they're very different. They usually come together. They're quite a good couple. And so guilt and shame are, is one of those things that causes us to do more, more things that cause guilt and shame. It has a tendency to replicate itself. So I want you to think about guilt and shame as similar to termites. So guilt and shame are like the termites of your mind. They just keep eating away at everything good. Guilt and shame keeps stealing, lying, destroying, tearing down, oppressing whatever is good. And so what we have to think about is that only the most repentant and truly changed people are willing to attempt a comeback. So we've done a show about the greatest comeback of all times, and and we've talked about some of the people that have made great comebacks and how heroic we think they are for even attempting to come back. And we revel in their story and how they worked it out and worked it through and came back in, in the midst of incredible shame and embarrassment. And so we love comebacks. And let me tell you, God loves a great comeback. He loves it when we come back. If we're humble enough to attempt it, God will honor this. He loves us to come back. So he says in Isaiah chapter 118, he says, Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. So I love that translation. It says, come now, let's settle this. The Lord says, let's get this settled. We already know you did a bad thing. We already know it was stupid. We already know you shouldn't have done it. We already know that it hurt a lot of people and especially yourself. So let's settle this. He says, your sins are like scarlet, and I'm going to make them white as snow. That doesn't mean that he erases whatever it was that was done. It means he transforms it. He takes something really, really bad, really yucky, really embarrassing, costly, devastating, and he can bring something good from it. It doesn't mean he makes the bad thing good. That's, that's absurd. What he does is if we let him, he infuses himself in that mishap, in that failure. And he says, I can make something good come from this. To, so what you want to think about is to those who've forgiven me, the past is the past. And I've had many opportunities in my life to need forgiveness. And I'm grateful that people are willing to forgive me. And so this is where it's important. To, to the people that have forgiven me, the past is kind of the past. They've moved on. It only comes to the present and affects my future if I'm the one that resurrects it. So I'm sure that you have had people that you have forgiven, and they still can't seem to get over it. So they keep talking about it. You keep saying, hey, aren't we done with this? I'm over it. Let's move on. I get it. I know you feel bad. I know you messed up. You asked for forgiveness. I gave you my forgiveness. Can we move on? 
And you're still stuck. You're still saying, no, I can't believe you forgave me. You shouldn't. I don't deserve it. Whatever it is that you're saying, all this does is tears down the very thing that God is trying to erect for you. And that's the ability to show up, have your integrity, your value, really replaced so that you can feel like you're the person that God has intended for you to be. He's wanting to give it back to you. And many times, most times, he gives it back to us through the people that love us, if we're willing to let that happen. So the greatest failure, the saddest defeat, is if I don't learn from my mistakes. If I repeat them because of guilt and shame and unforgiveness, this only ensures that I'm going to repeat my folly. You've heard the saying, a fool always returns. A fool always repeats his folly because the fool doesn't learn from their mistakes. So refusing to forgive yourself and learn is a great folly, more than the original sin. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about being your own greatest comeback. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And this is Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to invest in you, invest in your friends, your family, your life. And so we're talking about this oh, really difficult one, which is I really screwed up. And I know that you know that I know that we all know we hate having to say those words. We hate having to say, oh, man, I really messed up. I really screwed up. I shocked myself. I can't believe I did it. I can't undo it. I can't take it back. How do I move forward? And so this idea of I really messed up, you know, not just a little bit, but a lot. Maybe I shocked myself. We were talking about that in the first segment, that there's nothing worse than shocking yourself negatively. That you did something, you thought, wow, I'm not one of them. And all of a sudden, you're one of them. And you've done what those people, quote unquote, have done that you never dreamed you would do. And so this is why it's so important that we understand that God is in these issues as well. And so I love that verse. It's Isaiah 118. And the New Living Translation says, Come now, let us settle this. This is what the Lord says. Let's just settle this. Though your sins are as scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. Really what God is saying here is, Hey, come, let's talk about this. Let me help you reason through it so you can get past it. Let me cause it, instead of to be this big red stain, let me clean it up for you a little bit. He's not going to ever make it go away. It's already in time. So we can't go back in time and undo it. So we want to do this for the people that have forgiven us. 
See, to those who have forgiven me, the past is the past. And it hurts them deeply if I can't move on. If I can't move forward, it causes them to have struggles in their life because they want to be over it. Now, that doesn't mean that I get over it as if it didn't happen. It means I need to be a grown-up about it. I need to own it, fix it if I can, fix as much of it as I can, learn from it, and let it truly be in the past. So the greatest failure, the saddest defeat, is someone that does not learn from their mistakes. Repeating them because of shame and guilt and unforgiveness. And so everyone else is willing to forgive them, but they can't forgive themselves. Well, that gets in the way of relationship then, and it also leads to more bad behavior. So it's important that if we're repeating because of guilt, shame, and unforgiveness, if I did not learn from my mistake, if I only shame myself, I'm, in, I'm ensuring that I will repeat my folly. You've heard this saying, a fool always repeats his folly, because fools don't learn. Refusing to forgive yourself is evidence that you haven't learned. You haven't learned the love of Jesus. You haven't learned God's design. See, God forgives because he knows that humans need forgiveness. He knows that our sins are too costly for us. We can't fix them because we can't go back in time. We can't undo them. And so the way that we undo them is doing it better tomorrow, is learning from it, is not repeating it. So when I'm asking you to truly be your own greatest comeback, this is what I want you to think about. Be humble enough to apologize. Don't make excuses. You certainly can explain. Sometimes an explanation is helpful. We talked about that last week, the difference between an excuse and an explanation. So if someone wants an explanation, I think you should be ready and willing to give, you, give them one. But there is no excuse. Because the sins that we usually commit that are so egregious and embarrassing, it's not rocket science. It's not like all of a sudden we didn't know what we were doing. We just maybe thought we could get away with it, right? So what we want to do is humbly apologize, make no excuses, make no excuses accept and validate the effect it has had on others. This is how we make amends in whatever way possible to the ones that your failure affected. And this is how we truly love them by moving forward. If there are those who cannot or will not forgive, they won't move forward with you as long as you're willing to correct and fix and repent and amend things, then you need to forgive them. And you need to resist being offended. Because, you see, they didn't ask for you to create this mistake so that they have something to forgive. They didn't ask for the effects it had on their lives. So it's imperative that you forgive them if they are unable to forgive you. And that you do not hold a grudge against them. And use the idea that, oh, they're just being judgmental as a way to not forgive them. See, they may not want to move forward with you. And as sad as that may seem, 
One of the greatest things that you can do in making amends is allowing them to leave and leave graciously. That you need to be able to get over the fact that this may have been a deal breaker for them. None of us like to think that. I don't like to think that. But sometimes that is what it is. And so what you want to do, if you have made an egregious error in judgment, if you have done something you know has been even abusive because it's harmful, if you have hurt someone deeply, the best thing that you could do is still let that mistake cause you to be a better person and to be willing to let them go and not be judgmental of them. So you need to forgive them. You need to resist being offended. They didn't ask. They didn't ask for or create the mistake you made and the effects it had on their lives. And so if they don't want to move forward with you, you need to graciously forgive them, remembering that you, yourself, put them in this position. So it doesn't necessarily make it okay. It just may be a fact. And the more that you can look at the facts of your mistakes and commit to learning from it, this helps you become a truly safe person. Not a perfect person, but a safe person, a trustworthy person. Someone who is willing to take responsibility for their mistakes. Take responsibility for error and judgment. No matter what the cost, this person becomes a safe person if they are willing to fix, correct, amend whatever needs to happen in order to renew the relationship, to restore the relationship, if it is able to be restored. So the enemy of our souls, as well as others, want to think that the past is still available to alter and change. But truly, the past is dead. So you can't go back into the grave and revive someone. So this is imperative as we move on, that we have to grieve the loss that mistake has made. So join me again as we talk more about this idea of the greatest comeback. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you check out the, the uh, website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And we're on all social media platforms. You can also download the show from the website and listen to it on your computer. You can go to your favorite podcast servers. It's on most of those. And so thank you so much for just your support and listening and being, you know, strong enough and courageous enough to listen because sometimes... I'm not always saying things that people like to hear. But I appreciate that you are able to really take it in. Think about it. Pray about it. Know that God wants you to be the best version of you. Not someone else, but of you. He's very thankful, very glad that he made you. So when we mess up, it kind of takes away the feeling that we have about God wanting us born God making us, God making us in his image. And so when we mess up, it feels really yucky. 
because we see, we have to think to ourselves, wow, am I really that person? I can't be that person. I can't be one of them. I want to be one of us. I don't want to be one of them. And oh my gosh, whatever it is that I did made me in that group of being one of them. And it's tough. It's hard on our ego. But what you want to consider is that God can cause all things to work together for good, for those who are called to him according to his plans, his purposes. And so we can trust that, that no matter what we throw out there, no matter what our life produces, God can always make it be a good thing. If I'm willing to show up, be a grown-up, make amends, take responsibility for what I did, and do whatever I need to do to fix it. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I have had times in my life where I really messed up. And not just a little bit, but a lot. And I shocked myself, and it wasn't in a good way. I mean, I like shocking myself because I pulled off something I didn't think I could. I don't like shocking myself with a moral failure or with messing up with someone or harming or hurting someone. So what happens when you did the unforgivable and you thought to yourself, I want to die because of this. I can't live with this. How can I ever get over this? Well, let's talk about what to do when you let yourself down. When you actually shock yourself in a really bad way. See, now you're walking around shell-shocked, right? There's nothing worse than shocking yourself in a negative way. It's wonderful when we pull off something and, and we feel like a hero. But how do we deal with a personal moral failure? See, to others, like I said before, it might, it, it might be convenient because they, they just got over it. But maybe we can't get over it that fast. So this is what's so important. The enemy of our souls, as well as others, want to think the past is still available to alter and change. And many of us, I, I have wanted to believe that. I've wanted to think that, well, maybe I really can't change it. Maybe I can undo it and pretend like it never happened. But truly, the past is dead. You can't go back. Like we said in the last segment, I, I can't go back into the grave and revive a dead person. So if you continue to act as if the past is still present and available, this is what will happen. You will keep the past alive and continue doing what, what should have died. So get over it. Get on with it. Take responsibility for it. This fixes it as best as it can be fixed. Don't be the person whose ego is so fragile they can't get over themselves. And they are then no good for anyone else. Furthermore, don't put everyone else in the position to assuage your fragile ego to help you get over your mistake. This keeps everyone in the past. And the past is dead. And it should be allowed to be buried. The only time we cannot bury something is if we haven't learned the lessons. If we have not learned Therefore, we're locked in time. We can't move forward. We can't move forward to our best future. And you also cripple others to move forward because if they want to move forward, if they want to move past the failure and you won't, then they have to stay where you're at if they love you because they don't want to move forward without you. So you put them in quite a quandary. 
of having to decide to stay with you as you revel and, and, you know, get lost in the past, or they leave you in your past so they can pursue their future. See, we all have a past. We all have a future. This is why it's important that we don't get in the way of our own, that we don't get in the way of others. So I want you to really, really consider, am I letting the past continue to dictate my future and destroy my present? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk more about this idea about what happens when you really screw up. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Also, all the social media that we have. And we are getting ready to launch a whole bunch of new things. So I hope you are looking forward to that. There should be some big new changes that you'll see on social media in the next couple of months. So we are talking about this idea, this concept, this I don't know, statement that many of us have had to make in our life that we say, you know, I really screwed up. Really, really did it this time. Really, really messed up. And how do we get past this? How, how do we do that? See, the enemy of our soul, the enemy, Satan, he wants us to believe that the past is still alive. See, that's where he lives. So he wants us to believe that we can actually go back into the past, rearrange it, redo it, like as if we're in Star, on Star Trek or something. And, and we know that God tells us we're locked in time, and he did this for a reason. He knew that humans needed time. We need time. I want you to take advantage of time. If you really screwed up, if you really messed up, if you let yourself down, if you shocked yourself, someone else, Take advantage of the fact that you're still here. That means you still have time. You still have time to write it. You may not be able to undo it, but the way you handle it, the way you manage it, the way you move forward, will undo a lot of things. And this is why it's so imperative that we don't let the past impact our future. We have to keep moving forward with the future. I don't want you to disrespect the future by lamenting the past. See, the, the future is something for you to look forward to, for you to know that it's, it's, we haven't gone there before. We don't know what it is. We don't know what God holds for us in the future. And if we do the present well then we also are helping God give us the best future possible because he wants us to have the future he designed for us. He knows that there will be things in our lives that we do that cause us to not be able to possibly actualize the future like he would have have intended. That doesn't mean he doesn't have good things for us even if we've had a bad, yucky, unsavory past. He still can do really, really good things. So this is what we do. We don't let the past impact our future. 
We keep moving forward with the future, and we don't disrespect the future by lamenting the past. So you do what you need to do to wrap up the past. The current moment you're in, so you don't have anything holding you back. Don't let the past hold you back from participating and honoring the present. And a future that hasn't, hasn't even yet come. So remember the past is black for a reason. It's what makes the future so bright. And, and that white all the more vibrant. So we want to let today be lived fully and completely. We want to finish it well so we're not lingering You're not lingering in your mind and condemning yourself with the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, if only then. But you learn from it. And you be committed to doing today well. So as you bring the best version of you to the present and to the future. See, this is part of letting God be God. Letting him be true to his word. And what, what he's doing with each day and how he causes all these things to work together for our good. But if you don't show up, if you don't let your mistakes be in the past, your failures and your fears, then the magnificent future that God has for you will be that much more difficult to acquire. See, God has a magnificent future for you. And if you allow him to do his good work and you don't get in the way of God moving forward, causing God to have to stall out because you keep looking behind and lamenting the past and he's up there saying, hey, come on, catch up, be up here with me. It's great. I've got good things for you. So you have to remind yourself that God's already over it. He got over it the day you were born. He saw all the way into your future. He knew every mistake you could possibly make and would make. And he's over it. He's moving forward. So we want to move on with God. He has a magnificent future. He doesn't want you to miss out on it. So remember, those that are stuck in your past need your grace and mercy need your understanding, your patience and forgiveness. You must have mercy on them because of what you have done. You have given them something they may not be able to get past. So you need to pray for them that that they are able to get past. So making peace with you allows you to be at peace with others. And to tolerate their distress or their reticence, they're forgiving you and moving on. See, I know I have felt at different times in my life that I just kind of wanted to unzip myself and get out. I did not want to be me. I didn't want to be the life in the life that I had created for myself. And I just wanted to somehow get a new life. I didn't want to be me. I didn't want to continue to be me. But I still had to show up. I still had to do me even though everyone else was not necessarily having as many problems with me as I was with myself. See, other people like me have messed up. And I I want to make sure that I don't get in the way of others succeeding. And that has to do with me and the unique makeup of myself. 
even if I make mistakes, even if it's a great failure. Nobody can make the mistakes and, the, and have the failures I have just as no one can have the successes that I can have. And so God has already put so much into all of our heavenly bank accounts. Everything you need to be restored, everything you need to have, every way your self-worth needs to be given back to you, God has provided. Everything you need to move forward with confidence and grace, and certainly with forgiveness. So please do not add to your failure. And having failed, please do not receive that problem of not allowing for grace and mercy. And really understanding the latitude and the time afforded to you by God and those who love you to let you get back on track and to be the best version of you. So I want you to really consider the fact that if you are even somewhat relating to this show today, that you can have a great future. God still has that future for you. And part of it is you getting over you. Nobody likes to mess up. Nobody likes to embarrass themselves. Nobody likes to have to apologize. Nobody likes to have to fix things. And so we're all in, in good company. All of us have messed up. God says to us very specifically, all of us have fallen short. All of us have sinned. And this is where we all share this in common. We may not have the same sin. We may not have the same mistakes. But we do have the same struggles. And that struggle is being who God has created you to be. And to continue to fight for it. And to not let the enemy steal it from you. So I want to encourage you also. We have done a show on the greatest comeback of all times. And this is kind of like a comeback. And maybe it's a comeback in a small way. Maybe you have to have a comeback in a really big way. But God is the God of all comebacks. That's what Jesus did. He came back. He was killed. He was crucified. He rose from the dead. He came back and is better than he's ever been. So this is imperative for us. So we're talking about that profound shame and disgust, that embarrassment, those feelings of futility and fear that your life is over. But God has made a way and he loves to top himself. He doesn't take us backward. He doesn't leave us behind and he doesn't leave us to punish us. We are the ones who do that to ourselves and others. So he can make whatever future you thought you had, wanted to have, and have now but maybe lost. He wants to make it even better. He can do more than you could ever think or imagine. So regardless of what you've done, regardless of the size of the folly, I don't want you to be a fool. I want you to learn. Fools never learn. See, we love hearing how people come back. We love hearing the exploits of how they rose from the ashes. They overcame their past. They overcame their mistake. And it's inspiring to us. 
so you can be inspiring even to yourself. Because there's some things that we might get over that are quite private that we wouldn't want to necessarily tell anybody, but we're still kind of proud about the fact we got over it, right? So please look at your life through a different lens and understand why God locked us in time. That he's giving you time to change. He's giving you time to grow. And he's giving you time to understand who you are. See, Jesus is truly one of the greatest comebacks. And we celebrate Easter, and we understand that the most important person who ever lived was Christ. His life, his death, his resurrection literally changed the course of human history. And experiencing the ultimate setback and then the ultimate comeback. Jesus began his life miraculously and he ended his life miraculously. He performed so many miracles. He made quite a stir among the religious leaders. He was very unpopular with so many people. Some thought he really, really messed up. And even though Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life, he's never expecting that from us. He's simply wanting us to show up, do the best we've got, repent for what we need to repent of, turn, apologize, fix, undo if we can. But more than anything, there needs to be no self-abuse. And when I talk to people about egregious things that they've done when they've shocked themselves, one of the things I say to them is, you, you, you can't hate yourself because of it. That is a greater offense to God than anything. There's no room for self-hatred. You can hate the thing you did, and probably that's a good thing. But I don't want you to hate yourself. So let's learn from Jesus. Let's die to something that's killing us and come back better than we've ever been. I have a lot of faith in you, and I have a lot of faith in who God has created you to be. And I want you to be the best version of you, the one that is unique, the one that no one can repeat, and the one that no one can do better. You're alive for a reason. You've been made to be here at this time and place for a reason. I'm so thankful that you are. Have a blessed week, and I look forward to talking to you next Sunday. We hope this past hour has been encouraging motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. 
If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from our website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be-